Good morning. It's good to be with you guys today. Happy New Year. Kids have a great time downstairs. Thank you to teachers who are taking the first year out of uh, the new year to, to invest in our kids. Um, we have some great ones, so very thankful for them. Um, so yeah, it's a new year, right? I think. <laughs> <laughs> the fall was such a blur to me that I'm not quite sure yet. Like, was that really the holiday season or is that just like a, a trick and like it's, we're actually in November and, and uh, the, the days are still ahead? I don't know. So, but uh, I'm told that we're in January now. So I'm just going to roll with that according to our calendar year. Um, so it's good to be with you guys this morning. And uh, so new year, right? So at, Whenever you're in a new year and a new season, what's, what's the tendency? It's to look ahead, right? Um, to look forward on everything that you, that, that's in front of you. To think, okay, what, what are the things that we have uh, in front of us? What are our goals? What are our resolutions? And so we're going to do that next week. <laughs> um, we're not going to do that this morning. So next week we're going to look forward to where we're headed as a church. We're going to uh, look and see what, what God has for us uh, in the new year, what we pray and hope God's going to accomplish next year, some of our goals and plans. Uh, so, so you'll definitely want to be around for that. Today, what we're going to do, instead of looking forward, the opposite of that is looking back. Um, and so we're, we're going to take a, a bit of time this morning to look back on uh, the year that we've had uh, together. Um, who knows... Go ahead and throw this up on the screen. Who knows what this is? Huh? Yeah, a cairn. That's that's one term for it. Somebody said a pile of rocks. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the Old Testament term for it is an Ebenezer, which just means a, a, a stone of help. Um, it's a, it's a pile of rocks, yes, but it's a, a stone of remembrance. Um, you might have heard that term uh, in the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It's, it's used in that. Maybe you never knew what that term was before, but it's, it's a, a, a monument of sorts. It, it was something that was put in places where significant events took place in order to remind God's people of God's work. It was set up in a place where you would pass by it and you would remember the ways that God provided for you and the ways that He was faithful to you. Uh, one of the most famous of these piles, these stones of remembrance, was set up on the banks of the Jordan River. And it was set up there as uh, Israel passed into the new promised land. They had been in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, God parted the river just as He had parted the sea for the previous generation. And they passed through with the ark, which symbolized God's presence with them, into the new land on dry ground. And one of the things that God said to them as they did this was go into the river bed, go down into the dry ground that's there now, and pull up from it 12 stones. And after everybody has passed through the river, set up those stones on the bank, and then every time somebody passes by this Ebenezer, uh, when your kids do it and your grandkids do it, and, and when the next generation after them comes along and they see this, this monument and they ask you, why is this here? You'll say, 
that's there because we pass through on dry ground. And it'll trigger for you all the memories that you've had, the things that you've seen over the course of these 40 years as I ransomed you out of, out of Egypt and I led you through the, the desert and I was faithful to provide for your needs and, and I provided a way for you into a new land uh, for you so that you could take hold of this land that was not yours. All of it has been by grace. So I don't want you to forget that. And this is a, a stone of remembrance so that when you pass by it, you'll say, oh yeah, we didn't do any of this. It was all Him. Now, in the same way, we need Ebenezer's because just like Israel, we're prone to forget. And so that's what we're going to do today. Today we're going to raise up the stones. We're going to raise them up out of the riverbed and say, look what God has done. And so uh, I'm going to start out by doing that. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach a little bit on why it's good to remember and then I'm going to uh, spend some time just high level talking about some things that were significant to us as a church in 2018. Um, but my time is going to be shorter so that you guys have time as well to raise up your stones and to tell of the things that God has done in your life and in your family and maybe through this, this family from your perspective. So as we teach through this and kind of get ready for that. Just even be praying right now. Spirit, what is it that you want me to share? What do you want me to remember so that my family might be encouraged? Uh, But this idea of continuing to remember, it it comes out of Deuteronomy 4. There are other places as well, but God says uh, this to Israel. And this is right before they're about to go into this new promised land. After 40 years in the desert, he says, only when you go there, when you get into the new land, be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. And then in verse 23 says, Here's the reason that you're to be careful and do this. Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that He made with you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. See, they're about to go into this new land that they didn't produce. They're about to harvest from vineyards that they didn't plant. They're about to live in cities that they didn't build. And you think it's, it's crazy that, that time would go by and that they would think that somehow they were the ones that did all those things even though they were there before they got there. But God says, when you get there, don't forget who gave it to you. Don't forget who was doing the work. Don't just move into the new unconsciously and forget what God did to bring you to where you're going to be. Because their, their tendency, as well as ours, is that we become complacent. We, we forget. Um, if you remember, uh, we, we talked about this at our Community Sunday, but our theme for 2018 was dependency. It, it was that we wanted to grow in our dependency on God. That we want to be a people that are fully reliant on God's power and His provision, His grace, His leadership, that we would be the kind of a community 
that has a posture of just being utterly in need and utterly expectant on God to move. And that came from the idea of Luke 15, where Jesus talked about the vine and the branches, that we would be dependent, like branches are dependent on the vine, that we would just look to Jesus for everything, and we wouldn't move unless he moved. That was our prayer. Uh, but if you remember what I said this time last year, is that the enemy, the enemy of dependency is what? It's complacency. It's becoming cold. It's becoming set in your ways. It's becoming resistant to change. And it's forgetting what God has done to, to do new things and just either thinking that you were the one to do them or just resting in what He's done in the past and then refusing to embrace what He's doing in the future. And all of us are prone to dependency. Now, here, here's the thing, or prone to complacency. Here's the thing that happens uh, when we become complacent, though. It's not that we cease being dependent. It's just that our dependency transfers to other things. Uh, and that's the whole reason why God says, don't forget how dependent you've been on me, because if you forget how dependent you've been on me, what are you going to depend on? Idols. It's not that you're going to become these, this independent, kind of like we can do it all ourselves sort of people. No, you're just going to find something else to worship. You're going to find something else to, 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 to hang your hat on and say, this is what I need and this is what I long for and this is what will give me my future and, and this is what will, will, will give me my satisfaction and this is what will give me my, the provision that I need. We become dependent on other things. And this isn't just a problem for Israel. This is a problem for all of us, right? When we cease being dependent on God, we become dependent on our our paycheck for our provision. And we think that it's our job that provides us financial security. And my work there to to be a good employee is is the thing that, that is providing for my family. Or it's my social standing. That, that gives me my sense of significance. And if that were stripped away from me, then I don't know who I would be. And I just, we have to hear this. God wanted to protect them from this mindset, from their tendency to fall into forgetfulness and complacency and ultimately to, to worshiping something that can't give them what only God can give them. It's so crazy, isn't it, to think that they could forget when you think about all that they had been through, you think, like, how in the world could they forget, like, you know, being a slave in Egypt and God bringing ten plagues to get them out? Like, how could they forget painting their door frames with blood and watching the firstborn kids of all the Egyptians perish while theirs remained and then leaving in the middle of the night to get out of, of slavery and bondage? How could they forget coming to the banks of the, the Red Sea and watching God part it for them on dry, so that they could pass through? How, how could they forget standing in front of um, Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, sometimes it's called, and, and, and watching God descend on that mountain in a cloud and burst into flames and then your leader goes up and then comes back down with commandments from that God on how to live as his gracious people? How could they forget like 
walking through the desert for 40 years and just going outside their tent every morning and there's the manna every single day. Something to eat, even though they didn't produce it. How could they forget walking through this wilderness for 40 years with the same pair of sandals that they started because God promised that they wouldn't wear out? It's nuts, isn't it? But we do the same thing. We are forgetful people. I'm not just talking about our church, but just humanity in general. We forget all the time. I, I, Tim Keller was uh, sharing a prayer of his um, over the break, and I, I took note of it because it was so striking to me. But he says this. This is his prayer. I, I worry because I forget your wisdom. I resent because I forget your mercy. I covet because I forget your beauty. I sin because I forget your holiness. I fear because I forget your sovereignty. You always remember me. Help me to remember you. And that should be our prayer. To remember who God is and what he's done. Uh, Here's the thing I know about God, and this is the thing that's been true of us in 2018, is that one of the methods that God often uses to help us in our remembrance, to help us rekindle our ability to depend on him, is to put us into situations where the other things that we've depended on aren't there anymore. How many of you have gone through a season like that, just in your own life, where the things that you once depended on a job, a relationship, a family member, a home. Those things suddenly aren't there anymore. And our first tendency is to throw up our hands and go, why? And and maybe that's a a good and honest question. And we should be honest with God about what's actually going on in our hearts. But oftentimes I think we're not willing to see that the, the answer to that question, why, is because God would say in response to that, because I love you. It's it's because I want to be a good dad. It's because I want to provide for you. It's because I I know that the best thing for you is me. And your tendency and my tendency is, is to live our lives in such a way where we're increasingly dependent on the things that we can see and smell and taste and touch. And not on the God who's invisible. We exchange the truth of the invisible God for His creation. I felt uh, pretty strongly, if you remember, uh, at the beginning of 2018, that God was leading us into a season of dependency. And that sounds great, right? (laughs) It sounds like, yeah, like who wouldn't want to? I mean, we sing about it all the time. Um, You know, that that, that we we, want to be hungry for God, you know? We sing songs about hunger, But you realize, like, to be hungry means you're not being filled by other things. It means that other things are being taken away so that you can't be filled by those, so you'll have to be hungry for the one that can satisfy. And and I just felt like we're probably entering into a season where, if if we weren't in it already, where this is going to be true. But that it it wasn't, God wasn't leading us into it to, uh, to deprive us. He wasn't leading us into it to 
to hold back His grace from us. He wasn't leading us into it because He was punishing us. But He was doing it out of love and in His grace as an expression of His grace and provision uh, to us as a church so that in our time of need, we might cry out to Him and find that He's actually sufficient to meet that need. Over and over and over again, just like in Deuteronomy 4, God says, I'm a jealous God. And I, I, I will consume anything that keeps you from calling out to me with all your heart. And he's not doing that because he's angry at you. He's not doing it because he's stingy. He's doing it because he knows that you need him. And so we're going we're gonna to call out uh, the, the major things that God has done, some of the major things that God has done in our community this year. Um, and, and we're going to do that for a specific reason. Now, I said already that I'm going to give you guys time to, to do that too, but you might feel like you're uh, in a point in your life where you're like, I, I just I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to cry out. Like, I, I, I don't want to name the things that he's done because some of those things have been painful. And I just want to encourage you with, the, with Psalm 105, verse 1 and 2. And in, the, in that psalm, the psalmist says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he's done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wondrous acts, his wondrous works. Um, here's the thing I know about praise. That, that our praise is directly connected to our hearts. Um, maybe you've been in a season where, uh, as a spouse, you haven't felt like deeply connected to your husband or your wife. Or maybe as a parent, you've gone through a season where you're kind of like, gosh, these kids are just driving me crazy. And... I don't feel, you know, super loving towards them. Um, here's, here's, one, here's something I've discovered. I'm not good at this, but I've discovered it as being kind of a universal truth. That if, if I, the, the, the less that I verbally express my love, my thanksgiving, my praise, the less I feel it in my heart. That's opposite from what we're all told, right? What we're told is you need to feel love in your heart before you extend love to someone else. If you don't feel the feeling, then it's kind of inauthentic to to say that you love someone else. And marriages break down because of this every single day. Because one spouse wakes up in the morning, they look at their partner, and they go, I don't feel loving anymore. And because I don't feel loving, I'll stop expressing love. And when that begins to happen, then you're at the beginning of the end. What Psalm 105 says is flip that around. The, the, the more you verbalize how you love someone, the more you, you put your finger on the, the ways that you appreciate them and what they've done for you and, and just who they are and the beauty that they bring to your life, the more your heart will feel what your words are saying. 
And what Psalm 105 says is that the same thing happens with us and God. That those things are interconnected. So if, if you found yourself not praising God, not full of thanksgiving, it's probably because you've stopped telling yourself and telling others of his wondrous acts. You've lost the story. That's why it's so important for us to pick up the trail and to make sure we verbalize what God has done, to not just move on to the future and forget the past, but, but to, 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 to share it, to express it, to open our mouths and watch what he does in our hearts as we do it. Because the more that we speak about his work, the more thankful we become. The more thankful we become, the more expectant we are on him. And the more expectant we are on him, the more dependently we're going to live as though he alone is the one that can lead us and save us and fill us. So I encourage you to do that in a few minutes. Uh, Just to share the ways that he's called you to dependency on him this year and the ways that he's shown himself faithful to you. And and even if you've got nothing, let me just say this. if If you know Christ then you have all the reason you need to share something, right? Because we have the most incredible gift there is. I mean, that's what we just celebrated at Christmas. So don't hold it back. All right, I'm going to share a couple things as it relates to our church family, and I'm going to break these into two categories. The first is dependency, and then the second is faithfulness. So I just want to share some evidences that God was growing our dependency on him in 2018. Um, and I, I don't have to say much uh, in this category. Um, I, could, I could like sum up the entire thing in just saying that 2018 was a year of change. Tons and tons of change. Now, talk about what some of those things are, but but as a year of change and a year of dependency, one of the ways that, that um, talking just about the way, ways that we wanted to grow in our dependency was the, a, a sense that God was calling us into a deeper dependency on him through his word. Um, now, we started and, and went through, through the year with a Bible reading plan as one of the ways that we wanted to grow in our dependency on the word. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand in terms of who finished it. Because my hand wouldn't be up. <laughs> um, that's not the point. Uh, y- you can pu- you could push yourself to get through the whole thing and then pat yourself on the back that you did it and, and do it every single day for an entire year and have not spent any minutes actually with the Lord uh, and having him minister to your heart. So th- the point of the exercise is not to get through it. The point is to, to grow through it to be stretched by it, to read maybe parts of the Bible that you've never read before, and to be surprised by what you read, to to see it kind of hang together as one entire story rather than just a collection of individual fables, and to realize that all those stories and all those places are true and that God still speaks to you through it. So that that was one of our our aims. Um, We also tried to have a renewed dependency on prayer. That, that God is calling us to, to deeper um, commitment to him in prayer this year. And we did that in a, in a few different ways. One of the ways that, that began at the very beginning of the year and it's contended, it continued through the entire year is, uh, is, is praying before our gathering. 
Now, we do that in a group here kind of shortly before we, we begin. Uh, but Pete has led us into uh, having an extended time of prayer downstairs starting at 9 a.m. every week. And, um, and one of the things I just want to recognize Pete for is just the fact that throughout 2018, he just beat the drum that he was going to do that and lead our family in that, even if nobody else showed up. And, and just it reminded me, um, even on the, the Sundays where I didn't get to, to go over and join him like this morning, <laughs> um, just seeing him in prayer for us every week before we came upstairs and just going, I'm going to just depend on God whether or not anybody joins me because we need to be dependent in prayer was just such an encouragement to me this year. And so he's going to continue that, and we're going to continue that together. And so I encourage you to join him and make that a a priority if you can do it. Um, We had a day of prayer in September where we uh, took uh, the the first day of the kind of the fall season, and he just said, we're going to cry out to God together, and we're going to listen to his spirit, and we're going to speak the things that he tells us to one another. And that was a pretty significant uh, moment, I think, for us as a church where we're a little unsure of, like, how do you do that? Like, does the Spirit, act, will he actually speak to me? And does he have words of encouragement that he wants to share through me to the rest of our, our body? Um, but there were some some key things, I thought, that were shared that that morning that I still have kind of tucked in my heart um, that were significant. Out of that, we kept going. And if you remember in the fall, we, we made listening prayer a uh, priority in our Sunday gatherings. That we were going to take five minutes every single Sunday to just quietly listen to what the Spirit has for us and for one another. And we're going to listen to Him, and if He shares anything with us, we're going to be faithful to share it with our body. And uh, it's been a joy for me to listen to how God is, has, has begun to equip us as a people that are, are able to listen to the Spirit and respond to Him. So those are the things I was thinking of, ways that we tried to, to go with God in dependency. But I, one of the biggest things for us in dependency this year wasn't something that we did for ourselves, but something that God kind of did to us, which was dependency through subtraction. Um, you know, you know th- this year has been a year of God moving people away. God moving them on to other ministries or other states or even other parts, like as far away as you can get in the country. <laughs> um, and uh, that process of, of, of kind of watching all this happen, again, I think um, as difficult as it is, and it's been difficult to watch that occur, um, has led me personally to greater dependency. I, I've read... Judges 6 and 7, more in 2018 than I've ever read before. Now, some of you are smiling because you know that's the story of Gideon um, and, and how God took uh, a man who was unworthy to lead Israel because he came from a, a family of idol worshipers. And he, he took a man who was a coward because even when God gave him a command, he carried it out at night so that nobody knew that it was him that did it. And he took this man who was unqualified, who came from an unworthy family, and said, you're going to lead my army. And, and Gideon said, okay, great. Well, at least you've got a good army. You know, 
They might not have a good commander, but at least the army's good. And God said, okay, watch this. And one by one, he cut away that army until there are only 300 left. Uh, and, and so I've, I've, his story has really resonated with me. Now, here, here's, where it's, here's where it's been confirming to me. And, and this is why I think it goes into the category of dependency. Is because one of the things that was key for Gideon uh, as he was watching his army get depleted for, for battle is that uh, God gave him clear indication of who was in and who was out. It wasn't a mystery to, to him. It, it wasn't like, oh man, I wish I had so-and-so left because I don't know, you know, maybe he should have been here on the front line. No, like God in a few series of events said, here's who's in and here's who's out. And, and it, as I watched this start to play out, I, I just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that same prayer, God. Like, just clearly let me know. Who's in and who's out? Like, who, who's going to be with us in the future and who's going to, who, who's just with us for the past? And he was faithful to do that. Even people that I thought, no, like, not those, like, not that family. It was clear that it was God who was working in their story to lead them into new mission. And so that was confirming to me. Now, here, here's the other confirming aspect. For every person, I've, I believe to to the man or woman who who I saw God, God like lead in a different direction away from cultivate. There was someone who came to me from within cultivate and encouraged me by saying, "I believe in our future and I'm excited for what God has for us next." To a person, and so I thought, like, okay, you're the one that's doing it. I don't need to worry about it. Because you're preparing us, you're pruning us, you're getting us ready for something. I don't know what that something is entirely yet. And I, I've, I've started to understand what it is more and more, I think, as the year has gone, gone by and, and uh, as we go into 2019. But that just, it, it, it helped me to have confidence that we weren't the ones that selected to have this church. Like, this church doesn't exist because I, it was a plan of mine. You realize that. It's, this wasn't a, in the cards for any one of us, including me. We are here solely by the grace of God because he chose for himself a people to represent his name in South Jersey and to be on mission with Jesus to those who don't know him. It was his work for, from beginning to end. Just as, and, and we're as unqualified as, as, as Gideon. So I, I'm encouraged, uh, and we're more dependent than ever. Now that leads us into the faithfulness part. And the faithfulness, um, God has been faithful in many ways. One of the, the primary ways I just mentioned is, is just him confirming uh, through you all how he's moving in our family and the, the plans that he has for us. And we've seen as people have stepped out of leadership positions and out of ministry and out of involvement, we've seen new people step to the forefront and take up the reins and lead in new directions, which has been so needed and so encouraging and so exciting to see. Um, So I'll just name a few. Uh, In 2018, we had eight different people preach and teach from this stage, which is an all-time high for us. Now, you may want me up here more 
And I get that. I understand that. Um, and I, I've tried to work really hard as we've had more people do it to make sure that I'm not away for an extended period of time, that, that, that I'm kind of in the mix as regularly as I can be. But, but just so you know, we don't want to be the kind of church that is centered around the gifts and personality of one individual. We will not be that kind of church. We, we are a church, and we mean this, where Jesus is our senior leader, that we together follow him, and that God wants to, to, to use and to grow gifts in every single one of us for his glory, for the equipping of his church, and for us sending us out into the world. And that means leaving space for people to grow in those gifts and to be used by God for his family. And so I, I count that as a victory. Um, this year we commissioned an entirely new finance team. From t- uh, basically from top to bottom, uh, under Andrew Roche's leadership, who's our new finance team uh, leader. And they have um, worked tirelessly and diligently uh, for us this year as a church in a situation that was not easy, uh, where things did not look rosy at the beginning of the year, to say the least, and I'll share some of that in a moment. Um, they had to pick up the pieces from several things from the past and figure out how to, to run with them for the future. But by God's grace, using them, um, we have a team that, that is marked by integrity and humility. And I'm so thankful for what each of them bring to the table, and I'm excited for that team uh, for the future. We uh, transitioned our community garden this year. It was another big change uh, of leadership. Um, the, the garden was under uh, the leadership of a couple for its entire length, and so we had no idea how in the world is this going to run now it, with, with, you know, with all this change and all this newness. Um, but we've had, as we've opened up that conversation with people that have been longtime gardeners who aren't part of our church family, uh, what we found is that there was a lot of pent-up leadership there and a lot of people that wanted to give uh, their time and energy towards seeing that environment succeed, even though they don't know Jesus. And, and, and that process of transitioning has, has made 2018... Um, a year where we saw more, more of a sense of community and shared responsibility in the garden than any other year we've had. Uh, it is more successful, I think, in terms of the way that we envisioned it happening from the beginning this year than it was in the previous seven. We've had um, several changes to our ministry team, which is uh, the leadership team that helps give uh, direction along with Pete and, and myself as elders. And uh, we had some people transition out, and we had uh, Dennis and Ruth DeLeo transition in, who've been a huge blessing to us. And um, I'll say this about our ministry team. Uh, we are the most unified that we've ever been as a church leadership in our history. Relationally, in terms of vision and mission, in terms of just... Um, desire to see one another and the church succeed. I've never experienced this kind of, of, of unity. 
in the eight years that we've been together. And so I'm encouraged by that. That's God's grace to us. You know, people have asked me how, you know, how things are going. I said, well, um, we've, we've never had a low attendance on Sundays since we began, but we've never been more unified for our future. And so I've never, I've never been more energized than I have since we began. That's usually what I tell people, and that's the truth. Um, another area that's been really encouraging to me is that uh, we started to share a vision for a transition in our community groups back in the fall uh, with 16 uh, different people. And those 16 people joined us in what we've called a catalyst group where they're getting training uh, to launch new communities in 2019. And this is going to be a, a, a big year for us uh, to, to kind of go back to uh, our identity in Christ as family, as disciple, as missionaries, um, and to see what God is going to do through that. And I'm, I'm super excited for uh, the, the energy level that people have brought to that gathering and, and the, the prayerful dependency that they have on what God's doing in the future. We, uh, in 2018, we celebrated our first brunch church gathering. So we, we have the Christmas decorations up here because we had one Sunday in, um, in December where we met downstairs instead of up here. So I told John, we'll leave him up for at least one Sunday in 2019 to make up for that day that we didn't get to see all the Christmas decorations. No, that's not the reason why, but, <laughs> um, but we, 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 had a, a brunch gathering where we we're merging kind of the the sec, secular and the sacred, we're the the ordinary and 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 the spiritual things that God is doing in our hearts and and celebrating that through food. And we think that that's going to be a, a key um, environment for us in 2019. We're going to use that to to be a real invitational platform. So as we're all discipling people in our everyday lives and in our communities that we're going to have a, a, a continual or, or periodic time to be able to introduce them into the rest of the family in ways that uh, are kind of natural for them by, by celebrating Jesus over a meal, just the way the church did in the first century. In 2018, we transitioned to new forms of communication. We uh, instituted a digital bulletin, and we went to something called the Realm, which many of you are on. Um, we, uh, we introduced a new community in Haiti called Dijon's that uh, we're really excited to work with in 2019. It's full of young, humble, passionate leaders um, that have a great future ahead of them. And um, if you haven't heard, we're, Shadrach is graduating from 410 Bridge in February, and so we're transitioning to a new community that we couldn't be more excited about. We saw a renewed hunger for God this year and, and God bringing along people that were hungry to hear the gospel and, and wanted to experience him in new ways. Um, many of you remember Bob who came through our doors and got baptized on Easter. And, um, tragically, he passed away this year, but his testimony to his family and to his friends has been enormous. And many of them now are, are, are trying to figure out what God's doing in their life as a result of Bob coming to faith late in his life. Um, I think of Jacob and Ilea and, and just their journey across the country and, and into, uh, into God's family and, and how encouraging that's been to many of us. We baptized five 
people in 2018, and we dedicated four kids uh, in 2018. Uh, In addition to some of the intangibles, let me talk about some tangibles. When it comes to um, God's blessing this year and his faithfulness to us, one of the ways that we've experienced, especially recently, is to be financially blessed. Um, If you were involved in any kind of leadership this time last year, uh, there was a lot of worry happening and a lot of fear over the financial future of our church. Uh, because we saw many of the original kind of founders of our church plant uh, transition on, um, there's a lot of questions about do we do we have the financial security to continue into the future? And uh, so, at the end of 2017, we decided that one of the things because there's so much change going on, we wanted to take a, a just have people pledge their amounts to see. What, are, what can we bank on for 2018? And the number that came back to us was a scary number. It was uh, 89960 which isn't an, even enough to pay staff and keep the lights on. So, like, already we're like, th- we're dependent. Like, <laughs> we have to pray and ask that God would show up and, and bring resources and uh, so when it was time to set a budget, we had no idea what number to work with. And in faith, we kind of threw out uh, the number based on our needs of uh, $122,000. So we budgeted for 2018 uh, $122,000. Now you can already see that's a faith estimate, right? Because who the heck knows if we're going to be able to, to... But we have to, we ha- you know, we, we have needs in on on paper that we've got to fulfill obligations, including our, our mortgage that we've got to, to, uh, to pay off. So, so that was the number that we were working with. At the end of 2018, we just got these numbers uh, Friday. Um, here's the, un- the actuals of what came in in 2018 of unde- undesignated giving to cultivate was $130,928 and, oh, yes, one cent. That's $8,728 above budget, family. That's enormous, right? Like that, and that, just, that puts us in a position where we're, we're not going into 2019 going, oh, shoot, like we need to worry about some things before we can really put our minds and our hearts and our prayers into the mission that God has for us. No, like let's, let's dream big and let's risk and let's... Let's, let's be committed and pursue Jesus in everything. God's been faithful to us. Like, that's good news. And as we've put a budget together, it's, it's so funny because we had a ministry team meeting and we're putting the budget together and we're like, hey, like, we got some stuff to work with here. Like, this is good. We're excited for 2019. We're ready for the things that God has for us. Um, so, so that's one tangible the other tangible is with our building, with our facilities. Here's a, a picture of what uh, this building looked like in 1970, right after it was built. Um, this building was built by Emanuel Baptist Church, who was planted in 1966. They built a building on a farmland 
1970. As you can see, there aren't many neighbors up there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the wood paneling station wagon. I think I we definitely had one of those. Um, after many decades of ministry, that church um, uh, had to close its doors, and that left a facility vacant for a church plant to come in and to use it for gospel work. This is why I say we didn't choose to be here, because we happened to be planting Cultivate right about that time. And shortly, we, we began renting, even before Cultivate launched, uh, when we were, uh, when the core team of Cultivate was with, a, with our previous church. Um, we planted and launched Cultivate. We were renting for a time, and uh, we decided uh, the, the church was kind of being cared for by a, another church that's within our denominational network. And they said to us, you know, if you, if you get to the point where you can financially sustain, you know, having a mortgage and you've grown a little bit, um, we're, we'll sell the, the property and the building to you for a ridiculous cost. <laughs> so I think the property was estimated, gosh, I'm going to, I don't know if I want to throw out a number, but it was in the millions, four million, something like that. Four acres of property. It's, it no longer looks like a farmland. It's a pretty densely populated suburban area. Um, and, uh, and we took out a mortgage for 225000 Is that right? Um, which was basically just a number to say, we have to have some skin in the game and, you know, really make this ours. So we, we kind of came up with that number together. That number also uh, was used to launch another church plant in Philadelphia and to pay for a church planter. So we've, we essentially, as we were planting a church, we was also planting a church simultaneously. Two churches were being planted at the same time um, because of the mortgage that we took out on this property. Um, I, I had a couple other things to mention in there, but here, here's, the, here's the biggest thing. In 2018, after having that mortgage for five years, am I correct on that? Six years? I forget how long we've... Six? Yeah. Um, in 2018, we paid off the final $18,000 of our mortgage. <clears throat> Which means as we enter 2019, we are 100% debt-free as a church. <laughs> That's amazing, right? Ah, so great. Um, now, next week we're going to talk about uh, the ways that we're investing those resources, but... Um, we have so many reasons to praise God, right? So many blessings, so many ways that he's been faithful to us. So I'm going to pray, and then Matthew's going to come and lead us in sharing uh, our Ebenezers. Father, thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. Uh, God, I thank you that uh, your faithfulness to us was not dependent on our dependency on you. you. You weren't waiting for us to be good so that you could be good to us, but... You were good to us in spite of us. Uh, in so many ways, ways we haven't mentioned, we've, we haven't been as dependent and as faithful to you as you've been to us. 
But as you've grown us in our dependency, uh, God, I trust that you're giving us eyes to see your faithfulness and that you desire to bear fruit in and through us, God. And I, I believe that that began to happen in 2018. God, I... I Thank you that, that uh, the purpose of us being dependent on you, of us abiding in you like a branch abides in a vine, is so that you'll produce fruit through us. And God, we, in, we entrust the fruit to you. We, we can't uh, make the fruit, only you can do that. But help us, God, to continue to be dependent on you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would bear fruit. You bear fruit primarily through disciples of Jesus being made, people coming to to know the gospel and wanting to give their whole lives to you and growing up to want to lead others to do the same. So we we entrust you to that work, God, and we ask that you'd give us energy and passion to be your people and to follow you into the new year. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, Shay. Um, So we are going to do a time of listening prayer again, um, and then we're going to follow that up with a time of sharing stories of God's dependency. And this is going to probably be a little bit longer than it normally is. Um, And we're going to pray about some different things, too. Like rather than just saying, hey, God, tell us whatever you want to tell us right now, we're going to ask him specifically, help us reflect on this past year and what you've done help us to remember that and solidify that in our, in our life and help us to come up with something to share to, to benefit our group or just to, to sing his praises. So, um, yeah, let's, let's spend a minute in, in silence listening to God tell us what he's done this year, and then uh, we'll share. Holy Spirit, come. We know you're good. Help us to remember that now. 2018 felt like forever. And we pray, Lord, that you would really unfold it in front of us. Show us not what you've just done in our lives, but the lives around us. Show us how we've depended on you. You've grown faithful faithfulness in us. So come, Lord, and speak to us.